And I think that that's why Generations is the best Sonic game in the longest time. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey, Bob Mackie. Hey, it's me. Thanks for waiting uh, for so long for me to do this. I'm sorry. I've been uh, way, way busy. Oh, I figured. But uh, this is a topic I really love, so I'm glad to be part of it. Good, good, good. I was just just talking to Neil about that. I was doing some Sonic research. Oh, man. That sounds important. (laughs) We're doing a Sonic cartoons episode in the future, so. Oh, nice. They all suck. Uh, they all, they suck in varying degrees. Yeah. Some less than others, I guess. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's... I, I do find that, uh, the ABC one is really overrated. Oh, thank you. Oh, you want to be on the episode? Um, I don't know if I know enough about it, unfortunately. Like, I've, I only watched the, um, the first two cartoons, so anything after that is just, like, a uh, mystery to me. Well, there's only been four cartoons. Yeah. I, oh, I did see, uh, Sonic Underground. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty wretched. It's it's Jay White collecting three paychecks. <laughs> but let's see here. It's uh, yeah, we, we already we do have someone who wants to be on that episode anyway. So uh, that's true. That's true. So what, what Bob? What is your opinion of uh, Mega Man X Street Fighter? Uh, I wish like I'm glad that it uh, came out in the way that it did because I'm not sure if Capcom would have given it a cease and desist if the guy had brought it out on his own, but I really wish they would have done something a little more. Because I feel like that game would have existed regardless of whether or not Capcom decided to release it. It just seems like they just stamped it and said, yeah, this is a Mega Man thing now, and then they let it let it be. I, I played about five minutes of it. I was having I was having a hard time getting through the Ryu stage. I was mm. like, yeah, whatever. You, you go <laughs> up, it, it's like a, it begins at like a vertical stage, but you know, I kept falling down. I actually haven't played it yet, which is a total crime. But I'm going to do that this uh, over the holiday. Oh, excuse me, over the holiday. I was like, yeah, it's a Mega Man game, all right. And I turned it off. I'll go back to it. Okay, it's well, the... let's. Uh, I just had to cover one more thing. It's uh, sure, no problem. Just really quickly, it's <laughs> that uh, that Battletoads race video. Oh, you oh yeah, Ben had never experienced Battletoads, and I. Oh really? I played Battletoads Double Dragon. Okay, that that was a good one. That one wasn't uh, terrible. Yeah, at least for Battletoads game. Some guy on YouTube named uh, Proton John. Ah, uh, yes, uh, I know who that is. Yeah, he uh, he did a four-player race with Battletoads. It's like four guys each playing their own game, and it's three hours of them racing to the end, and all you hear is, "Oh my God, screw that duck!" <laughs> oh God, you know it's. And they create you know, their own achievements like Ernie's Revenge if you kill killed by the duck ten times. Yeah, and... the rubber duck. I mean, people don't even know what we're talking about because nobody gets past the stupid speeder bike level. I do need to see that, but uh, I feel like that game was playtested either by one crazy person or no one. <laughs> Actually, my favorite part is when they got to uh, to to the to the to the final like what was it the the wheels thing. Yeah. Proton John like blazed past all of them with all the warps and shit, and he got to the wheel thing, but. Like in Rat Race, he broke his controller, so he was like sucking on the wheels thing, and he got stuck for an hour on the wheels, and he probably would have won like an hour earlier if he didn't break his controller on Rat Race. I'm pretty sure one of the stages is literally impossible with two players. They did not bother to go in and check to see if all the stages would work with two players, so I think maybe the wheels one that it, you cannot beat it with two people. One of them at least has to die. Yeah, but yeah. rat race. Oh, I loved it with rat races when fi- one person finally got to the third rat. They're like, "Oh my god, what the fuck? This rat's so fast!" <laughs> yeah, that that game can burn a fire. <laughs> they can bury all the cartridges in in the desert with these eggs. Yeah, they they deserve to be destroyed. <laughs> How does that game get uh get I don't know praise in some capacity, but ET gets buried? I don't understand. I don't know. 
The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast, recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before webcomics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. Just you know, uh, my bird is is awake and uh, hanging out, and he might be uh, talking, but I've, I've given him many toys to pacify him, so he oh. should be okay. That's okay. One of our guests, Katie Hawk, lives in Australia, and we hear birds through her end all the time. Well, what was funny was the bird. Beal says, "I bet that that bird sounds is delicious," and then Katie Hawk says, "It's actually protected species." <laughs> 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 oh boy, Neil! Yeah, I've been the... watching games episodes of Ren and Stimpy all day, and I'm, oh, oh god, oh my god! I mean, here, Neil, here, here's a vice. Put your balls in it and call it a day. I, I. It starts out as kind of like a clone of season two, and then it just goes downhill. Uh, by, me, by the time you get to late season five, it's you want to punch yourself out. Uh, let me start the show. Yay. All right. Uh, hello and welcome again to Animation Aficionados. This is your host, Ben, joined by my co-host, TV Sister Neil. Are we clinging tenaciously to my buttocks? And joining us is Bob Mackey. Oh, man. I should have had a Ren and Snippy quote. <laughs> uh, my dinosaur droppings painted like Easter eggs. Yes. How about that? All right, and tonight we are talking about Ren and Stimpy, the uh, series created by John Kay. Yeah. Continued by Bob Camp and then taken over by John Kay. Again, only only get canceled six episodes in. Ah, yes, that's correct. And, and since we've already covered John Kay exclusively, we don't have to talk about the clean hands or any of that again. Well, there is going to be some overlap. This is kind of like a, a second half also uh, – redo of our last episode. There's going to be overlap. I, I'm not even going to bother trying to censor myself here. I apologize for my uh, ignorance, but you guys did a John K episode just about him? Yeah, just we did. Okay. And basically, instead of covering the games episodes, we talked about ripping crafts. <laughs> okay. What is What was the consensus on John K? Because I have my own um, sort of, I guess, take on him. Um, my, my, my opinion was that he's, he's a mad genius who uh, doesn't quite know how to finish a series he's only done maybe in in all he's maybe done like three seasons of cartoon work for television ever that sounds about right yeah he's a rebel that plays by no one's rules yeah innovator but uh, not he wasn't really around that much because he's kind of like he's kind of like his hero his hero bob clampett who was around very early but was also gone by the time uh, looney tunes hit its stride he knew uh, how to I, make waves, but at the same time, he didn't know how to make friends. I think this is going to sort of explain the trajectory of his career, but like after Ren and Stimpy, he kind of just surrounded himself with acolytes, so there was absolutely no, um, I guess, I don't know, there was no there was no challenge to overcome for him. Everything was great in the eyes of the people who were working for him, so it felt like he didn't have to try as hard, or maybe, I don't know, sort of like a George Lucas kind of thing, where someone should have been like, yeah, maybe that's not a good idea, you know? <laughs> Any chlorians is George? Are you sure? <laughs> but yes. basically, the last episode we we talked about how uh, he basically started at well, he did start at filmation, and then uh, he got the call from uh, from uh, 
God, no, what's the guy's name? Uh, Bakshi? Ralph Bakshi. Bakshi, yeah, that's right, and they did. Uh, Mighty Mouse, The New Adventures, and that's really where we first saw made-for-TV uh, made animation done right. It was still that Ren and Snippy style, but not with the amount of, um, I guess, quality control that they eventually had in Nickelodeon. Yeah, it was still not, pretty sloppy. Not very refined, but still better than most of what was on cartoon, uh, Saturday morning cartoons at the time. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, Ren and Stimpy was something he had tried to pitch around for years, and he finally uh, sold it to Nickelodeon thanks to Vanessa Coffey, who came up with this innovative idea of cartoons uh, run by the animators like that had never been, been done before. And that really did change everything. It really did. Um, yeah, the the early the earliest episode was uh, God. What, what was that pilot? It was uh, God. I've been watching all the games episodes, and I don't remember the the older ones. It was all the crap the, leaked it, the, the quality of his brain. Yeah, it the was pilot the pilot is um, the Big House. I think it's called yeah, Big or House Big Blues Sleep or whatever. Yeah, Big House Blues, and uh, that's that's the roughest one. And it did not air until season two because they had to take. Uh, man's best friend out of the rotation because uh nickelodeon decided to ban it they really hated george licker yeah they really really hated george licker who's george uh, licker uh he's he's only in like three episodes he's the buzz cut guy who sort of owns ren and stimpy he, he kind of talks with this really husky voice he's voiced by uh, Mike Pataki. he's more famous for the i guess the dog show episode that they yeah. did keep yeah they uh so yeah, like, ren stimpy had an owner yeah but only for Two or three episodes. He, yeah, I want to say there was a third, but I don't remember. Yeah, oh, I know. Like, they made, made a like... cameo in one because uh, they were rooting around in the trash, and he comes out of the trailer. He's like, "Get out of my trash!" Yeah, he yeah, did that's... show up from time to time. And John K does not will never let go of that character. He really likes that character, so you see him pop up in uh, Spumco stuff all the time. Yeah. But Even the, though Michael the, Pataki is dead now, unfortunately. But that does sound like a failure of a concept because I, I can't imagine Brandon Stimpy, as I know it, as them being pets. That doesn't it, sit right. It works well, it seemed, um, it seemed like in every episode they had their own uh, origin story that differed. Like at one point they were pets, at one point they lived in a birdhouse, at some point they lived in a trailer. It was just they, they had fun playing with that idea that they could just be whatever. Yeah, it was sort of like the Three Stooges, because every Three Stooges short had a different sort of uh, setting, different origin of who they are, what they do. Like, there is no, there there are no two Three Stooges episodes that you can kind of line up and make a continuity. It just doesn't there's, work that way. There's no Three Stooges canon. No, thank God. <laughs> no, I, I know that there's not a canon in Ren and Stimpy, but like I said, the idea of, of it being almost like Garfield-esque just yeah. seems foreign to me. It is anything but like Garfield, because... Uh, George Licker was uh, very Republican, not not like Republican like you, Ben, but like 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 crazy. And um, what John's John's a bleeding heart? Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I don't know. Like I've read a lot of interviews with John Kay, and he seems to both parody and admire a sort of like rugged dad figure from the Cold oh, War no, era. I, I, like... meant, I meant Garfield's owner, John, because oh, okay. it's, not, it's anything but like Garfield. So I was thinking, you know, if if this guy is like a big Republican, does that mean that Garfield's owner, John, was like a bleeding John Arbuckle's heart? kind of a wet blanket. <laughs> I don't think John Arbuckle could uh, commit to a political party. No, no. <laughs> he's, he's Green Party. He throws his vote away every four years to Ralph Nader. He could he could be in the Tea Party. We don't know. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't explore that aspect of that aspect yeah. of uh, John Arbuckle. But anyway. Yeah. So Ren and Stimpy. 
<laughs> yeah, the the very earliest episodes, you could tell that they that they really did not know what they were doing in the very early early episodes, except you know exploring color theories and stuff like that. And uh, it's very arresting if you've never seen it before because cartoons at that time were very uh, primary, like the Smurfs and pretty much anything Ruby Spears or Hanna Barbera was doing. And then you see all these cartoons that John that John Kay was doing, and the colors are taken down they're not they're not bright they're they're kind of gray and some are earthy and there there are it's not like lord of the rings earthy there are some like real colors in there but you know i I always used to wonder you know how how come old cartoons look so much different than new cartoons and i could never put it together and then i had it explained to me through uh through you know going through uh stuff about ren and stimpy i was like oh that's what's different it's it's a completely different color theory yeah, and also, I mean, uh, it sort of taught me a lot about animation as a kid because I would always look at Ren and Stimpy and be like, why is this so different? But then I learned, oh, it's different because the characters don't have, like, six stock expressions that are pre-drawn so people in Korea can, like, you know, just churn it out really fast. Like, there are lots, I mean, like, almost every drawing is different in that um, in that show for all the key poses. They, they never use anything. I think that was a big thing for John, uh, always having new drawings in the show. Yeah, he doesn't like to repeat himself, that's one thing. Um, yeah, I think uh, working for Filmation sort of... Uh, destroyed him oh yeah there's a funny well, story about the the filmation days on his blog somewhere where is that the one where they, they were setting scripts on fire uh there's that but there's also the one where there was a uh, a model sheet for ram man on e-man where his hands were drawn backwards and i've seen this i haven't seen this this model sheet but i've seen people who do draw the wrong hands on the arms and people who do that, I just want to break their pencils. I don't know how you make that mistake. Just like, look down at your hands. That's what hands look like. Yeah, but anyway, the the director on the show would not let them correct that. It was, I'm I'm trying to stretch my brain to figure out what the what the logic is on that. And the only thing I can figure is that they were so against the the uh, the animators coming up with their own stuff that they were like, no, even though the model sheet is wrong, you draw what's on the model sheet. Well, they had they had assert their dominance over the animators. It wasn't a cooperative uh, process in filmation. They had to assert their dominance. And they all like that's yeah, that's the only thing I can figure. It's like that is such a stupid thing to do, but they did it. Maybe the toys were like that too. Yeah, but they did eventually correct the model sheet and then uh, corrected the animation. But still, it's so dumb. Yeah, and John Kay also worked on that awful uh, Jetsons revamp, I guess, from the eighties and. Even as a kid, I was like, "This is not um, entertaining me at all." I don't know what they're doing here. Oh, you mean I, I didn't care they... for the first Jetsons, but uh, the '80s reboot or whatever was kind of mm. uh, the the '80s episodes was basically them pumping the episode count up to syndication numbers. Ah, uh, that's right. There was only one season originally of uh, the '60s. Yeah, ones. yeah. There was only like what thirty episodes, Neil. Uh, I think there was like twenty six, and then uh, Jetsons was popular enough that people actually wanted to watch it, but they're they were like, well, there's got to be 65 for a syndication run. So I do believe that was the logic. It was like, we got to have 65 episodes. So they just squeezed them out. Yeah, that was 80s Hannah Barbera, not 60s Hannah Barbera. So there was a yeah. there was a drop in quality. That was that was around GoBots era. Yeah, and I don't know what they were thinking, but they added a character, Orbity. Oh, Orbity. God. Orbity is, is the scrappy. The Scrappy and the Poochie. And the also, the, also the gizmo of that, uh, <laughs> yes. of that world. Oh, my God. And the Jar Jar. I would go that far. So, so uh, wondering how much of this we should cover before we talk about the dirty deed that led to the games era. 
Um, because I did not watch. I watched the first couple seasons fairly regularly, but I didn't watch them this morning. Well, let's uh, let's keep some more praise on some of our favorite episodes. Of, yeah, of I'm looking John at the Kira. episode list. Uh, uh, like we're talking about the, the the change in quality just over the first season. Like, uh, uh, what was the first episode? Stimpy's Big Day and and the Big Shot. They were basically both the same episode. Yeah, and they were both very crudely drawn. And Ren has this thing where like his eyelids are black for some reason in that episode. And by the time you get to Stimpy's invention, which is, which is the very last episode of season one, it is striking how how uh, how much better it got. It was, that's my favorite episode, by the way. I, is it any like um, I don't know? Is it hyperbolic to say that's one of the best animated shorts ever made? Because there, that is such a great cartoon. I was Stimpy's holding myself invention? back from saying that, but yeah, I think it is probably. <laughs> Let me one say of it. <laughs> Stimpy's I invention. I, yeah, I totally believe that. Yeah. A lot of it is just how everyone worked well together. The storyboarders here, the animators there, the uh, the the music composition with the you know happy happy toy toy, yeah, and and, and the hammer blow just timed with the music. It it, it is almost sickening this effect it does visually and audio. Audially at the same time, but it's brilliant. Yeah, and I don't think I appreciate it as an 11 year old a cartoon ending with a, a character repeatedly smashing his head in with a hammer. In time with the music, with the a very realistic up. hammer, right? Yes. And the, that episode is so psychotic, and it it ends on such a strange beat, but it works because Ren is so furious that he had this happy helmet on him, on his head, and he's about to choke out Snippy. He's like, "I am so angry." And then he's like, I feel great, because he, because he, he's, he's happy when he's angry. And then the, and then the episode ends. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like later stuff in the, in the games era, we'll talk about that in a little while, uh, where they try to do the psychotic episodes. It doesn't quite. Uh, like a worm. Uh, yeah, the, the worm thing. Oh god, one of the most hideous things I've ever seen on TV. That episode. Um, and the old scene, Teen Titans. Oh man, uh, Space Madness, uh, much like Stimpy's invention, uh, was a cartoon animated by Carbuncle. Uh, we talked about this before. Uh, Carbuncle, which was a Canadian studio, uh, was the best Ren and Stimpy studio, and that's because uh, a lot of the overseas overseas studios really hadn't hit their stride yet, and Carbuncle was the studio which had a rich animation history behind it, and they made some of the very best Ren and Stimpy cartoons. I, I think, I mean, my favorite ones are the ones where they're just elaborate Ren breakdown uh, segments where he's just freaking out about something and it takes like five minutes and there's all these, there are like many great poses, all these hilarious jokes. Like in uh, Seven Hoke, which is uh, one of my favorite episodes, the, I guess, I don't, it feels like it's a five to six minute scene where he just comes home and he his anger just like boils to the, like the maximum point. And then there's that moment, just like in the Simpsons Dimension where it just all fades away. Yeah, when he gets to the uh, "Don't Whiz on the Electric Fence" game. Yeah, yeah, that, that the, episode had some missing scenes too. Right, right. Correct what? me if I'm wrong, but ha- hasn't John K. ever cut in like a short live-action clip for hilarious purposes in in Ren Stimpy? He did that in Adult Party Cartoon only once that I know of. Uh, Sven Hoek doesn't count because uh, that that scene at the beginning for the title card was not his idea. Ah, uh. yeah. Oh, the guy in the lederhosen? Yeah. I, and I, I was think always that, wondering what the hell was up with that. I think that is actually Bob Camp. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's that's horrible. 
I love that kind of shit in animation because it it because you are watching animation, you you have a certain expectation in your mind, and whoops, live action guy, it messes with your brain. That might be one of the reasons why that episode is so memorable to me, just because of that <laughs> grinning idiot that they open on. Yeah. And that that episode, I've seen it on TV and the DVD, and the soundtrack is different. The mm. soundtrack the Games Studio did for that because they had to finish it at Games. Uh, the soundtrack was terrible, and then they redid it for the DVD, and it's oh my god, it's so much better. Because John K would always would always pick like these really gentle needle drop tunes to throw into the ca- cartoons, and they were trying to emulate the old uh, Looney Tunes cartoons where it had very symphonic music. They they couldn't have it composed for them, so they'd pick from this library, and they always pick these like really symphonic themes to go with Ren and Stimpy, which <laughs> which ran against all the uh, the booger and poop jokes that they were doing. <laughs> Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. Well, I remember how you told me this, Neil. John K discovered this theory that if you play nice and gentle music while having the most violent stuff on the screen, <laughs> it messes with your brain. Something like that. But I guess I don't know uh, if we should talk too much about this. But that the show was a pretty big deal when it first came on. Um, it was it was a it was sort of like Simpsons fad status. Maybe not that high, but there were T-shirts. And dolls and VHS tapes and games and everything like that. So it was sort of a phenomenon um, before, uh, you know, and maybe a little bit after John Kay was taken away from it. Well, part of it was no one know what, knew what to make of it because this is something that no one has seen in a long time. You know, animation for the sake of animation, and 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 people were like scratching their heads and they're like, and then they see and then they see someone's uh, the way that John Kay insists how buttocks should be animated by cheek and went, Oh my God, what is he doing? He's influencing children's minds. I think it was also one of the first cartoons that we now see with like adventure time where it was made uh, sensibly for kids, but adults watched it, you know, with just the same amount of attention. Right. And yeah. mostly high, mostly high college students, but still they were adults. Yeah, you know, there, there were jokes for adults in Rand and Snippy for sure. Yeah, definitely. The lawn cigar. Yeah. Yes. The uh, hot dog. In the bun. Uh yeah, that was uh that wasn't Ren and Snippy, that was uh Ripping Friends. Oh that's right. I I apologize. Yeah, but that was yeah. that was bizarre. Fox let that run, but they they faded to black when the hot dog entered the box. <laughs> it's like why why even do it then? Like the idea the the image is already in your mind. There's there's no reason just to uh cut away. Yeah. The bun is in your mind. <laughs> oh man. Nice callback. Is that Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Yes. Okay. Thought so. <laughs> I could not resist. That was the conversation was going there. But yeah, it's like I said, the uh, Rand Stimpy really is the grandfather of things like most everything on Adult Swim. Oh yeah. If it wasn't for Rand Stimpy, I don't think I don't think William Street would even exist the way it does now. And I'm sure cartoons would just be the same um, toy commercials. With occasional quality productions, you know, that we saw in the 80s. Yeah. Very occasional. Now, season two is known for a lot of the late episodes. This was around the time that uh, Nickelodeon had had enough of Spumco and was uh, uh, putting together the plan to overthrow them and hand the hand the cartoon over to a different studio, which they were making, uh, Game Studio, which ended up being Nickelodeon uh, Studios, I think it's called today. And this is where. Uh, they had to finish a lot of the season two episodes because Spumco was fired. A lot of episodes were incomplete, 
And like I said, sometimes the soundtracks were terrible. Uh, Ren became Billy West. I know A Visit to Anthony is one of the few episodes where both John Kay and Billy West voice Ren, and it's very odd. I thought I remembered an episode like that. I, I couldn't find it. Is it really that noticeable? Oh, yeah. To me, it is, yeah. To me, that was one of the biggest losses of, um, you know, games taking over was John Kay. Uh, John Kay's Ren is amazing, and uh, Billy West did the best he could, but he's really doing an impersonation of an impersonation, so ah. it kind of limits the range of what he can do with that voice. That's that's true, but it's just that I just, you know, Billy West is one of my favorite voice actors, and I just, you know... What, what kind of annoyed me is they would have Billy West on talk shows after the John Kay thing, and he would describe to the host like where the Ren voice comes from, and it felt kind of dishonest and that you know he never he wasn't the one who came up with it. But uh, I guess you know he didn't want. Well, to Well, that, that's like shows, people uh, asking. Laundry. That's like people asking Stan Lee where Spider Man came from. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Because the answer he gives is extremely dishonest too. He's given I, three different ones. I guess the politics are less interesting than just saying, "Oh, it's Peter Lorre." The end. Yeah. <laughs> Do we know what the specifics were behind John Kay being fired? Was it one specific instance? Was it one he, overbearing problem? He, I know uh, there was lateness. There was he didn't work well with the executives. He maintains that uh, it was the gross-out humor that they didn't like. In fact, uh, the game studio guys corroborate this by saying that uh, they got they, they all got rounded up into the Nickelodeon offices, and they're like, "Okay, you can't be as disgusting as what John Kay was doing." Which, ironically... <laughs> the they got thing. so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, the... the uh, what was it? Uh, the, the one where Ren thinks... The one where Ren realizes that he's 70 in dog years, and uh, it ends with him going into the grave, and there's a worm that's kind of an homage to Fred Flintstone and leads to the grossest scene I think I've ever seen in a Ren and Snippy cartoon. <laughs> Where their brains are eaten out, and they're just they're just kind of sitting there as like dead husks. They they later had an old man character who was basically uh, a rotting corpse, and just like pieces would fall off of him while he was talking to Ren and Stimpy. Like his nose would fall off, and his ears would just like slide off with goo like trailing yeah, from them. And that character almost had nothing to do with the story. When, whenever they'd insert him, insert him into uh, a cartoon, uh, he was played by uh, an old comedian named Jack Carter, and mm. I heard that. The reason why they kept putting him in the cartoon is because because they kind of felt bad for Jack Carter, so they kept giving him roles, and <laughs> that's why Wilbur Cobb shows up in more than one episode. It was a great uh, vocal performance, but that character always baffled me. Like, where did he yeah. come from? Sort of like Haggis McHaggis, that uh, character. Yeah. Is, was was that his name? The guy that played uh, play by Alan Young. I think so. Okay. Oh god. Yeah. Some of the some of the early ones start okay, like the. Uh, you know what? The very first one that they started on, the the Salve episode. Oh my God, that that was like one of the worst cartoons you could have started season three off on. Um, it's it, it's just slow and uh, painful to watch. Do you know if that was all uh, games animation? I'm pretty sure it was. Okay, it's weird. Like I don't have a. I would. I, there's probably a definitive document somewhere, but I'd like to see just like what started at Spumco, and you know was finished by games. I do kind of know. It's. I think uh, a yard too far started at started at Spumco because uh, that was uh, John Kay was uh, kind of mimicking an old Yogi Bear cartoon where Yogi Bear would see a pie sitting on a on a windowsill and he'd try to sneak into the yard to get the pie but there'd be a there'd be a dog in there so they replaced the dog with a baboon and the mm -hmm. pie was changed with uh, hog jowls and it was Brent <laughs> Snippy trying to get in and 
yeah, the, the cartoon was pitched at Spumco, finished at games. There were a few others, like uh, Stimpy's cartoon show where he makes a cartoon. That's that's the big one with, with Wilbur Cobb, where uh, Wilbur Cobb is just inserted for no reason. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorites, too. Uh, I really like that one. Uh, that in, uh, was Stimpy's fan club all Spumco? Um, that's another <laughs> great Ren freakout one that's just really fun to watch. I'm trying to remember what season that was. I think it was a Spumco. Okay. I think an Abe Divided might have started at Spumco, finished at Games. Uh, yeah, that one was a good one. Uh, that, that's actually probably the best one. Um, let's see. Oh God, Circus Midgets. That was a that was a Games episode. That was terrible. Sorry, I, I like I like crammed for this, and now my my brain is just kind of mush. Um, <laughs> sort of like a worm got there. Oh God. <laughs> I have to say uh, that I, I don't enjoy the the first season that much because, um, like we said earlier, that they only had so many episodes to go around for a long time. So I probably have seen each of those maybe like 30 times because Nick, Nickelodeon would run the hell out of them because they were so yeah. popular. And there were only like maybe six to eight episodes of first. They would run the hell out of them, but at the same time, they hated it. Yeah, yeah. It's like we, yeah. we get why this is popular, but we don't like it. Yeah, it really was like a six-episode season. I, I don't know why it was only like a half-season run, but uh, like it, stuff it like gave... um, Untamed World, I've seen uh, a billion times, and I think that's oh. why my, my friends and I would recite these episodes verbatim on the playground because we had just they were just engraved in our brains. I love that one. It's like a, a parody of old nature shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nickelodeon said, "No, sir, I don't like it." Oh, Mr. Horse. Yeah, Mr. Horse is one of the Probably my favorite recurring character, just because he has like one signature line, and they just throw him in randomly. Did he show up in the games episodes too? Because I know John K voiced him, and I wasn't sure um, what they did after that. They threw him in like a couple episodes, like he was in Stimpy's cartoon show. That's right. But he's he doesn't speak. He does speak in a later cartoon, but they I don't remember what he said. Maybe he don't he don't like it. <laughs> No, he didn't say that, unfortunately. Let's see, later episode. Jiminy Lummox. Actually, my favorite line by Mr. Horse is, that's my sheep! Uh, yeah. Oh! Oh, yeah, that's... That's that's an example of an, of an adult joke being inserted into a children's cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this little lady? Is that also, your girlfriend? Oh, it's my sheep! <laughs> they, they interrupt him deep-tongue kissing a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for intermission, boys and girls. Do you like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, geekcastradio.com's newest podcast. Join us here on the Telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on geekcastradio.com. In a world without hope. In a time of their greatest need, three men came together to deliver responsible news about video games. Geekcast Radio and the Lunchroom proudly present XRG Extreme Retro Gaming only on GeekCastRadio.com. 2012 marks the 30th anniversary for Masters of the Universe. We here at the GCRN are celebrating with a brand new series of podcasts. The Powers of Grayskull series will cover every episode of every MOTU cartoon. Yes, even that crappy new adventure stuff. Join Optimus Solo and TFU and Mike as they tell tales of Eternia, discover the myths of Etheria, become masters in space, and finally masters of Grayskull. 
You can find the Pogs podcasts in iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Good journey. And now back to the show. Jiminy Lummox started at started at Spunko, ended at games. Terrible interpretation of that cartoon. They also did Layer of the Lummox, which they actually gave uh, John K. credit for that one. Which was a funny thing because like, there's so many episodes that started at Spumco, and they just wouldn't give John K. credit. I find it uh, kind of strange that his career sort of uh, took that much of a break after 1992, which is when he left the show. It wasn't wouldn't be until like 1999 when he um, actually had another show on TV, right? Yeah, he uh, he he came back with uh, those two Yogi Bear cartoons. That's right. Yeah, it was. Uh, a Day in the Life of Ranger Smith, which is my favorite of the two, and then there's uh, Boo Boo Run, Boo Boo Runs Wild. And I think before that he was really trying to get uh, Jimmy the Idiot Boy cartoons in movie theaters or something like that. I remember uh, there was this maybe five issue magazine called Wild Cartoon Kingdom, and he wrote articles for them, and he actually wrote about what happened to Ren and Stimpy in them. That's sort of how I learned about it as a kid. But he was talking about, oh, uh, I'm going to make this show called Hee Hog. I'm going to make all these great uh, theatrical cartoons for movie theaters, like the old ones, Warner Brothers. It's going to be Jimmy the Idiot Boy. That character he has not let go of either. Yeah, that, that character actually showed up in uh, in Ripping Friends. And he's on, he's on comics. He usually, he usually teams up Jimmy the Idi- Idiot Boy with, uh, with George Licker. Yeah. George Licker is his, either his caretaker or his uncle. I don't know how it works. In fact, he did a web cartoon about that. It was uh, the goddamn George Licker show. Right. I don't know yeah, if he ever that, finished that either. Do you know? I remember it was one of the first web cartoons, I, and he was one I of don't the first know, guys. I don't know. It like comes and goes on YouTube. Yeah. I've seen a couple of episodes. I guess maybe that's he could have been working on that. I mean, he was one of the first guys who sort of got web cartoons off the ground, and I guess maybe they never ever really left the ground, but uh, he was big into animating with Flash. Yeah, in fact, he claims that he was the very first person to ever make a cartoon with Flash, and mm. that very well might be true. Yes. So uh, I think the one episode that's in the games era, the one that should be talked about the most is Red Ren Needs Help, because it was a cartoon that actually got made twice. It was pitched at Spumco, finished at games, but it's a very bizarre interpretation where uh, Stimpy does something, and Ren decides to off himself by throwing himself down the garbage disposal, and he gets sent to a mental asylum. And the whole thing for the next five to six minutes is just uh, insane insane asylum jokes. Like There's some cow that's like uh, rubbing a cheese grater on his ass, and <laughs> Classic. There's, like, there's like lunch line jokes. It's just, it's a very bizarre cartoon, and it ends with Ren getting a lobotomy. And him delivering a presidential speech, which I don't quite understand. <laughs> and the Spumco version of that is Ren, Ren does something horrible to Stimpy, but you never see what it is. And he's like, I would see Kyle. And this, this is also the one where you see uh, a live action shot mixed into the cartoon for some bizarre reason. But anyway, he goes, he goes to see Dr. Mr. Horse. And the joke of the of the episode is that a psychiatrist will never give you a straight answer. So he's like, should I lie on the couch? And he's like, if you must. Oh, right. I, yes, I remember this. <laughs> and the he's whole, very, Yeah, he's very uh, noncommittal with his answers. Yeah. And the whole episode is uh, Ren tells his life story, and you just realize how much of a bastard he is because he's, like, torturing this frog throughout the entire episode. And as he gets more and more into the story – 
you see the expressions on Mr. Horse just get more and more. I don't know how to just. It's like a parenthetical expression. It's like frightened and scared, but he's also being Mr. Horse, which is very uh, subdued. So yeah, nonchalant. Yeah, he's being he's being nonchalant and scared at the same time. At one point, he pulls a gun out of the uh, out of one of the drawers and just sets it on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> it is now. This is probably the best Ren and Stimpy cartoon ever made. I think probably one of the best television cartoons ever made, or probably one of actually one of the best animated cartoons ever. I this will was, go this that is part far. of the original run. Uh... This this it was pitched for the original run was not made made in the games era and then remade for. Adult, adult party, party cartoon. cartoon. Yeah. Okay. I did yeah, like that one. I have problems with adult party cartoon, but I guess we can get to that at some point. Yeah. Well, like right now. <laughs> why <yeah>. not? <laughs> uh, can, I, can I just say my main problem with it? Sure. Yes. Uh, a Ren and Stimpy cartoon does not mean it need to be 40 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I've can... never thought I'd turn off a Ren and Stimpy cartoon out of boredom or just like frustration, but I, I turned off to at least two of those. I think the one where Stimpy was on the beach, like Stimpy's beach party, that was 40 yeah. minutes long. And I just want to know what happened because um, I feel like there there were issues there with getting work done on time. Um, I remember during the original run, they had to put in a lot of like Ralph Bakshi live action stuff because the cartoons weren't ready. Yes. Um, so it seemed like he like even with the freedom of Spike TV and I guess more money or whatever, he still couldn't get it together yeah. to make episodes. Yeah. He. Uh, yeah, the Ralph Bakshi thing. Um, that was. It was, I think that was like the, in the middle of the Fire Dogs 2 episode, which was one of the worst episodes. Yeah. And they weren't done with the cartoon, so they had Ralph Bakshi do this live action thing. And I saw it one night. I was like half asleep, and I didn't really get to see it that well. And then it, they never aired it again. And you can't – I don't think you can find it on YouTube. I've never seen it since. And I've, been, I've tried to find it. Yeah, I've never seen it since either. But I mean, uh, only only maybe four of those cartoons out of the six or seven actually aired on Spike TV. Is that correct? I know. Uh, I, think, uh, I think only three did, and oh my it God. was like the worst ones. Yeah, yeah. they started with uh, God, what was that one? It was like uh, Onward and Upward, which was all the one. It was like just all booger and fart jokes for the whole cartoon. And that one, I was, I don't I don't get grossed out and offended, but that one was just not good. Yeah. And then they. They aired half of Fire Dogs 2, and I don't think they ever finished it. Well, they did finish it, but they never aired the second part. Right. Yeah, and then yeah. And then they aired uh, Ren's, Ren Seeks Help, which is the only good one that they ever aired. I did like that one um, out of the ones that they aired. Like I said, I, I got the DVD, I rented it, but I never actually finished some of the later episodes. And those are the ones that, if you were reading John Kay's blog or John Kay's like, news group posts or whatever, he would go on... I don't know, for weeks and months and years talking about how great Stimpy's Beach Party was, how it's like the best cartoon he's ever made. And when I sat down to watch it, I was like, oh boy, what happened to this? Yeah. Well, let me tell you my first Grand and Stimpy cartoon I've ever seen. Okay. It's, uh, it's a very strange story, I think, uh, because I didn't grow up with cable. Mm. I didn't have cable until the year 2000. Um, so, you know, I just, you know, Grand Stimpy wasn't on air TV. Actually, that's not true. Um, what happened was uh, Fox Kids, for some reason, decided to air one episode of Red and Stippy on Fox Saturday, like, in the mid-90s. And I don't know why they decided to do that. Because... That sounds crazy, because... Uh... Go ahead, sorry. 
And the episode they aired was basically one where Ren and Stimpy are astronauts or explorers or something. And uh, Ren finds like all the left socks in the world. Oh, yeah, that's a black hole, I think it's called. Yeah. And and that is my earliest memory. And it was so beyond anything I saw as a child. So I was like, I remember it distinctly. I remember the left socks. I remember Ren and Stimpy. I remembered that, that they made a big deal that they were airing Ren and Stimpy. And then. And then. And then. And then they never showed another one again <laughs> on, on the regular air TV. Yeah. I mean, Me. did you have the internet? Did you know what it was? I've heard the words Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Just happy, didn't know happy, what to happy, make joy, of it. joy. Right. I'm sure you saw T-shirts and maybe like a music video. I mean, maybe not a music video, but like comics or whatever. Right. My, my experience was weird because I just didn't see the first two seasons. And then when I finally became familiar with the show i would i watched the third season some a couple episodes and i'm like oh this isn't very good and my opinion of the show was very low for the longest time and then when i finally got to see like the real the real red and snippy i was like oh now i understand <laughs> but yeah my first impression of red and snippy is that this is just this is just being gross for the sake of being gross i don't understand this at all I was I was really turned off by Nickelodeon anyway, which is why probably why I just didn't watch it ever. I have a, I have a very boring uh, origin story. I, I sort of watch it from the beginning. Uh, I think well, my friends and I were kind of like into Nicktoons, just the idea how they all just looked very weird. Like Rugrats was just bizarre looking. Even Doug was kind of strange looking for um, you know characters with blue skin and like purple skin stuff like that. So just like the that those cartoons all had very strange looks to them, and they would be like, what the hell's up with this? <laughs> and then as a, as a kid interested in drawing, I would always, like, um, record Ren and Snippy and then just, like, pause the, the frames on the really crazy poses and try to draw them. Lots yeah. of people did that. A lot of pe- some people still do that. Huh. A lot of people they hired at the studio did that. Yeah, like I said, lots of people they, they lots of people on YouTube do that. You know, I'm not Sonic! Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I think John K's uh, studio is, is exclusively now made of Ren and Snippy fans. And he wouldn't Pretty have it funny. any other way. Yeah. Which is great and bad at the same time. It's it's yeah. almost like they should have had that. You know, John needs to have one or two people that said it to him, no, 40 minutes for a short cartoon, no. I, yeah. I guess we can, uh, I mean, if you guys don't mind moving on, like talking about the the new John K. style or like the 21st century John K. style, he seems to have abandoned a lot of some of the principles that his animation and I guess his animation philosophy rested on in that. Uh, like a lot of his animation now just seems to be just like weird shapes like gooping around the screen for no reason. Have you ever seen the Simpsons opening he did? Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. It of. was praised as like, oh my god, this is great! Finally, John K. Animation on TV, on, on broadcast TV, it's back. And I watched it several times. I was like, this is just garbage. It's just like, just crap smeared around the screen. I mean, it's it's well animated crap, but it's just it's just moving for the sake of moving. I I just saw uh, yeah I. You, for your listeners, just 30 seconds ago, you heard me gasp. It's not yeah. because of the Simpsons opening. It's because I I had silent header silently running here, double header silently running on my screen, and it got to the part where the guy that's running the sideshow opens up the shirt, and he has he has a Siamese twin sticking out of his chest, but it's the ass end of the Siamese twin. That's worth oh. a gasp. And then and then Ren starts throwing up all over him. <laughs> oh. And 
Ren just now bit off the head of a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> is that when uh, Stimpy and Stimpy pretend to be uh, circus geeks? Is that what no, that one? No, that's where they were. They got into an accident and the doctors sewed them into one body. Oh, okay. got it. oh that episode. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I saw that on TV a couple weeks ago. This is a lot of body gross-out humor. This is just weird. Yeah, like I said, the games era just got away with so much crap, and I don't understand how or why. It might have been the fact that, like, by the time they fired John K, they're like, "Oh, we realize about why wow, this makes money now, so just go nuts." <laughs> but I think with John K, it was also more of a um, he could not get things done, and as we saw with you know Adult Party cartoon, he still couldn't get things done even when they were like, "Just do whatever you want." Here's the money. Yeah, like we know you can make good cartoons, so take some money, and he did, and I guess they regretted that. Here's the money. Here's the top hats. Here's the monocles. Like. We've got you running next to uh, Stripperella and Gary the Rat, so uh, you really can't do any wrong here. And Stripperella actually finished its run on TV. Jesus. Oh, God, no. I thought yeah. Stanley had poor judgment back then. I can't imagine what kind of things he'd rubber stamp now. Uh, it's This is... i got to turn this off. <laughs> I, I can't watch Doubleheader anymore. This is... Oh, my God. This is horrible. <laughs> yeah. That's... Wow, that's, that's the most disturbing... 10 minutes of animation I've seen in a while. But uh, have you guys seen John K's recent stuff? Uh, like, And can you comment on it? Because I feel like the style that I used to identify with him, and I mean artists change over the years and that's fine. Something happened where he it feels more like, I don't know, an art installation now instead of a cartoon. Like I should be appreciating it more than being entertained by it. It's uh, I have seen Close But No Sakaar. I've seen some of the drawings that he's done on the internet. That he's posted on the internet, I should say. And I should say, yeah, I should say, I really enjoy his blog, even though I kind of don't like him as a person. He's <laughs> he's a great uh, animation historian. He's a great artist, but I just, uh, it's a shame that he just can't get his shit together to make a really good cartoon again. Yeah, it's it, it's like you you uh, you appreciate him for what he did to the art form, but at the same time, you don't want him to be your, be your neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, it's so that was a Gaines episode, Neil. I'm pretty sure it was, yeah, if we're talking about the same episode. It's the one where they get stitched together, right? Yes, and, and yeah, projectile vomited all over the sideshow guy. I don't remember the throw-up part. It was right after the sideshow guy showed him his uh, Siamese twin, which is a, which is just the bo- torso and butt without a head sticking out of his chest. There's another weird one that's sort of similar to that where... It was one that they actually started at Spumco, finished at games, and it was the one where Stimpy extracts Ren's brain, and he puts it in a jar, and what happens is he goes to bed, and then in the morning, Ren, Ren's brain wakes up and goes to work. And meanwhile, Ren's, Ren's body is just left behind, you know, drooling because it doesn't have a brain. And Stimpy's like, oh, if Ren wakes up and finds that he doesn't have a brain, he'll get mad, so he puts a phone inside inside uh, Ren's head and Stimpy gets all excited because because now the you know Ren's stupid and will do all the stupid things that Ren, that Stimpy always wanted to do and that that was the joke of the episode and then Ren's brain comes home and he's like who is this man that you're that you're hanging out with and gets jealous very very strange episode hmm. sounds like it it's yeah wow it is, it's just such a weird thing to watch Ren and Stimpy it's like I said I enjoyed Stimpy's invention. I enjoyed Powder Toast Man. Well, who doesn't? 
But but some of these episodes, the Gaines episodes, oh my god, they go out there. Yeah. Well, to be fair, uh, some of the adult party cartoons go out there as well. Yeah, if you have a, if you have a problem with the games ones, uh, you do not want to watch uh, APC. Yeah, you don't. Well, you might want to watch uh, Ren Seeks Help. Ren Seeks Help, and maybe the Altruist. Although the Altruist is the one that's like 40 minutes long. Yeah, that that is not nearly as bad as the uh, the beach one, but it's still a little too long, or yeah. maybe way too long for a Ren and Stimpy cartoon. Yeah, but you can just skip uh, onward and upward. That's oh my god, that's terrible. Ooh. Okay, so what other points do we have on Ren and Stimpy? You know, I have one that I keep trying to come back to, and I completely forgot what it was. It had something to do with the altruists. Um, you know, that might have been the point I was trying to make, that it was long. But, yeah, I'm <laughs> having does, a lot of brain farts today. I'll probably edit those out. As our listeners know, Neil doesn't like most things that are longer than they should be. Yes. And, uh, for instance, a movie should only be 90 to 110 minutes. I, I'm behind you on that. Yeah. I'm not seeing <laughs> The Hobbit. I'm sorry. Oh, I saw The Hobbit. It's long. <laughs> yeah. And Radagast had too many mushrooms. And there's also a retarded dwarf that is part of an axe sticking out of his head. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. See, it ties back to Ren and Stimpy, Neil. Sort of, yes. Because <laughs> that's, that's a very Ren and Stimpy thing to do. <laughs> I can say uh, it uh, It made it made Billy West's career, sort of. I mean, he was just a Howard Stern uh, kind of personality before that. And then Nicktoons took off, and he was Doug, and he was Stimpy. But he was not Stimpy in Adult Party Cartoon. That That's was true. Eric Bowza. Uh, Eric Bowza was Stimpy, and I think it was. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I don't think there's politics behind it. I think he just he, he he requires a certain salary because he's Billy West now, and I guess they couldn't pay that. Yeah, it was. Uh, they explained it on one of the commentaries, and I I don't remember what it was. It was a very strange demand that uh, Billy West had that they just couldn't meet. And I have he, to say he that had to uh, have, he had to have a massage happening in the sound booth at the same time as him delivering his lines. And green M&Ms. <laughs> Maybe it's poetic justice, but um, I, I said that Billy West's Ren just always felt very strange to me. Eric Bowser's Stimpy is nearly perfect to uh, Billy West's Stimpy. It is. <laughs> oh, one of the strangest jokes that's in the altruist is, or not strange, but just um, probably uh, over the head of over the heads of the network executives was uh, they were they were burglarizing Mr. Uh, Mr. Pipe's house and Mr. Pipe and his wife are watching them on the security camera and they think they're watching the Three Stooges and the wife goes uh, which one of them is Mo and Mr. Pipe says well they're from Hollywood they're both Mo's uh. Uh, and if you uh, know your Kevin Smith humor yes, uh, yes. Mo, Mo is not what you think it is yeah what what, what was was uh, Kevin Smith was doing an episode of Clerks the animated series yes. and uh, as the story goes uh, so, someone from the network was like Mo oh like like a motherfucker because there's like no like a homo and they're like oh no we can't have that uh, shouldn't reveal your jokes I learned that <laughs> See, because oddly enough, they would have let Bo in if it meant motherfucker. Yeah, which is well, I can understand why. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, gay people are tired of taking it on the chin, but really, then why do they? No. I don't, <laughs> don't know. You set that one up. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the joke is already in their minds. Yeah, the joke is in your hand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's actually, like I said, uh, watching Ren and Stimpy now, it's, you know, it depends on which episode you watch because lots of them don't, doesn't have that weird feeling, but a couple of them do. That weird, almost, they're just pushing the envelope to push the envelope. They're not trying to do anything good anymore kind of feeling. You know what I mean? Well, that's, that's generally, yeah, the later ones, it feels that way. Seasons one and two do not feel that way because I think, uh, John Kay still uh, believed in writing with hearts back then. Like Stimpy, Stimpy was gross, but Stimpy was always meant to be cute. So, you know, you everyone was you were always pulling for Stimpy to uh, succeed. Yeah, to succeed. And... So here's here's the question. Uh, let's sure. talk about the story behind the haunted house episode and how that was almost a Tiny Tunes. Oh, please do. Oh yeah, because is that, that was Eddie supposed Fitzgerald to... or something. I... Um, actually, that is related to how they got Eddie Fitzgerald because he was on Tiny Toons. The wreck of the but, Eddie Fitzgerald. <laughs> yeah, what happened was they were pitching uh, an episode to star Hampton Pig and Go Go Dodo, and it was right. it was an homage to an episode or to an old cartoon done by Bob Clampett, and somehow it didn't get made, and they just rewrote the cartoon with Ren and Stimpy. And when you watch it, it's so obvious that it that it's a Hampton and Go-Go cartoon. And it's uh, and the bloody head fairy was going to be Elmer Fudd in the original cut, but it became uh, Doug Funny in the... Uh... And that's why it got cut from the DVD, sadly. Yeah. Oh, the Doug Funny scene is not in uh, the DVD. Yeah, in, in spite of the fact that it says uh, uncut and uncensored, Yeah. Uh, some of the episodes do have scenes missing. Yeah, it, it is cut and that. censored. Yeah, that's a weird thing to censor, but uh. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a Disney thing because Disney owns the character. That's true. Though, even yeah. though Nickelodeon still owns the original show and all the footage, I don't. I don't understand it. Jim Jenkins is a powerful man. Yeah, I the, suppose so. Yeah, the 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 rights might be a nightmare. It's it's quite hilarious what Disney can do if if it's one of their characters and uh, that maybe it's one of really those. Tasty. Maybe it's one of those. No, it's a pet bird. It's different than what the kitty box house. <laughs> but maybe it's one of those things where they have the rights for, to the old Doug TV show for TV, but nobody really thought about home video and yeah, yeah, fight up it. Disney. It's in rights limbo hell or something. Makes no difference who you are. <laughs> but yeah, this yeah with the I I can't imagine that the Nickelodeon in. Didn't Doug move to Disney? Doug wasn't originally a Disney property. Yeah, he moved to Disney like maybe mid-90s. One second, guys. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah. Because the yeah, way they... I remember it was Doug started as a Nickelodeon exclusive, and then when Disney did their block after Disney Afternoon died, the syndicated block – well, not the syndicated block, but back when they started Toon Disney, they put Doug – they bought Doug and then put Doug on their new afternoon block. Yeah, what they did was they bought Jumbo Pictures, which was the studio that produced Doug, and the rights to Doug came along with it. Mm. Yes. So that's how Disney got Doug. Well, I, you know what? I never got Doug. Yeah, Doug was kind of... I think you had to be there. Yeah. Well, I kind of like the Nickelodeon series, but not the Disney one. Because the Disney one also did not have Billy West, which is a very strange omission. Because they, they had pretty much every other actor that was ever on the show. I just never liked that certain programming block by Disney, but that's that's another well, show. That's because it's Toon Disney. 
But as Alton Brown would say, or that's another show. Disney's One Saturday Morning, or whatever right. that was. Yeah, One Saturday Morning was it. Yeah, two Disney something else. Um, let's see, what else is there to say? We kind of uh, raced through this. Is, is there, are there any kind of uh, uh, one-shot characters that were in the Ren Snippy show that we haven't discussed? Like We discussed uh, Powdered Toast Man and... and uh, Mr. Horse. Mr. Horse and uh, uh, George Licker. Um, I know they brought Powder Toast Man back like once for the games episode. And that was another episode that does not need to be elaborated upon. It was terrible. <laughs> I think he was like fighting Waffle Lady or something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, that he had sounds his own, just stupid. He had his own uh, Spumco episode, right? Outside of the commercial they made with him, where that's the one where he burns the Constitution. Yeah, that. <laughs> Which we will be seeing in January. Oh, political commentary. But, yeah, that was, I think that was supposed to be like a free speech joke, but Nickelodeon didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's disrespectful to paper. No, it was like, they were making fun of uh, how politicians treat the Constitution, and they were, and Nickelodeon saw it like, you're burning the Constitution, didn't understand the joke. I do solemnly swear to take away the rights of the citizens. Yeah, I do solemnly swear to relieve the American people of their basic human rights. God damn it. Which is a parody of pretty much every politician. But I'll be right back. Okay, that was just my sister. Oh, cool. Okay, so where were we? Um, uh, just like seeing if there's anything left to this. Yeah, we were talking about the Powder Toast Man cartoon. Um, yeah, we were just kind of wrapping up, I think. Yeah. So overall, Ren and Stimpy, uh, look for the episodes that are early on. Yeah, you can pick up the DVD. It's uh, it's the Ren and Stimpy show uncut, first and second season. Both seasons are in one package. And I think they're all on uh, Netflix. Yeah. And I gotta say, uh, you guys, um, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the games episodes, but um, even if the stories and jokes are bad, the animation is still pretty good and still interesting to watch. Oh, yeah, and if you really need more, I mean, you, you can watch, like, Season 3. There's a Season 3 box set. I think you can also check those out on Netflix. And Some of those are good just because they were written by the Spumco guys, a few of them. And there, there are some good... There are some decent games episodes that were done completely by them. Because uh, they were they were Spumco guys. A few of them were, like Bill Ray and uh, Bob Camp, who started at Spumco and then became head writers at games, uh, were still working on the show. But after that, season four, season five, uh, don't bother. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, this is Rose Ben. With TV's Mr. Neal. And I'm Bob Mackey. All right, and we're saying goodnight. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Mailman, got your mail here. Hey, Ren, you got a package. And look at the size of it. Wow, that's the biggest package I've ever seen. Who's it from? It's from Ignorania, and it's written in Ignoramish. Sven! You go ahead, Ren. Open it. Oh, boy. Stimpy, you're never going to believe what he sent. Tell me, tell me. Hello, boys and girls. This here's a true story that we just made up. Hello, 
I'm George Licker, American. Sharp, Stimpy. Maybe he'll buy us. Gosh. Look at the cute little rascals. Yes, sir. A man needs to share his love. You know, a man needs the companionship of lower life forms. Yes, sir. I'll make them champions! Worthy of the name Liquor! Do you know anybody who has ever seen the Wing Commander cartoon, Bob? Um, was that a USA thing? I, yes, I don't, yes, I don't yes, know. Yes, it was. It's a, okay. I know that it exists, and I did not watch it. I I am dying to find one of those diehard Wing Commander fans that insist that everything is in one canon. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Because for year, years ago, I knew some, and... Well, let's just say they know me, too, and they don't understand the idea of separate canons. Well, that's more like... that. The closest analog that I have to that are the Zelda timeline people. Yeah, I totally agree there. As a video game uh, guy, that is uh, something that annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> it, it's it's annoying to me. It's, it's like because Not it, all the games have to fit together. They're, uh, yeah. In the movie. That, that's, the, that's the worst part. Hmm. I'm not kidding. Why uh, are the Kilrothy not cats? I don't get it. And the cartoon. Oh, and they're the not books. cats in the car. Oh, okay, damn. And the books. And everything has to tie together. It's like, no, 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 no. There's the games. I mean, it, it's 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 like you have to sit down and explain to them. And then and, and it's, it's almost like talking to a Star Wars fan. But in the extended universe. And then you smack them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I had gotten into an interesting conversation with a guy several months ago about that is I was just making like a criticism of uh, what George Lucas had done with the movies because some of the stuff in Empire Strikes Back doesn't quite make sense now like like Luke asking about his mother who Leia never met because she, because uh, Padme died <laughs> and I'm like well this doesn't make sense now and force so, remember yes yeah the guy came up with the idea of force remembering I'm like Okay, uh, I know you can you can make up stuff to patch up the canon, but this was really a criticism of George Lucas. You know that that, that was an ass pull of all ass. Yeah, I was like, I was like, you know, fan fanon is something that's separate. You know, I wasn't really talking about that. You know, some people don't get it. Well, it's sort of like, well, the thing is this: the the official media is getting that bad too. I mean, I showed you that video from Force Unleashed Two deal where you have this guy named Star Killer who is pushing a cruiser down on a planet. He's riding the cruiser. He jumps out the front window of the cruiser while it's crashing into a planet. And he's he's falling. He catches a star, he catches a tie fighter by its wing while he's falling and he spins around really fast and throws it. 
I showed this to Neil. I don't know if Neil actually watched that part, but it's... I'm just going to convince myself that there are only three movies. <laughs> That's the best thing to do. It's There's nothing after 1983. <laughs> well, you know they're making the new movies. I know. Well, we'll see how those go. Oh, Bob, you want to know yeah. who's going to be starring as one of Han and Leia's kids? Uh, Shia LaBeouf. How'd you know? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? How'd you oh, know? Right. Oh, I just figured I thought that was a given. See, it's so obvious that that's what they're going to do. It's obvious. Yeah. He's he's Harrison Ford's child in two canons now. He's the Hayden Christensen for our generation. Oh, no. Well, you, you know there was that one comic where Han Solo came across Indiana Jones' skeleton. Uh, no, it was the other way around. Yeah, Indiana Jones. I guess it would make sense, yeah. Yes. Where basically Millennium Falcon crashed into Earth and then... Han Solo with round with short round come across the the ship and Han, and uh, Indiana Jones sees Han Solo's skeleton and says I have a strange feeling I have a connection to this pilot. Huh. Uh, this is a real comic book. Yeah. This, this was drawn and sold in stores. I'm surprised. I'm not surprised that 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 happened. I'm just surprised that it hasn't happened more often. That there haven't been more Indiana Jones uh, Han Solo crossovers. Well, don't ask for it, Neil. Now it's going to happen. Actually, there was a there, someone at work. I found out that she named her baby Jackson. I was just X. about to bring that up. Uh, you know, X. Marvel's yes, Marvel's getting Star Wars again. So uh, I think we're in for more Green Bunny adventures. God, Jackson! <laughs> Only Fess could say, "Oh, cool." Well, that's because Fess, who runs a, a different podcast that we know, he's kind of a strange case he's 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 a butt monkey he's our butt. <laughs> that's a good way to put it yeah we uh we have a promo of his and he he made the mistake of handing me a clean cup that does not does not have any music under it oh, so yeah. every every week i do like a different vaguely insulting theme song to put under his promo vaguely <laughs> okay sometimes it's it's blatantly but you know sometimes i'll i'll use like uh friday or uh What's what's that new one? Uh, Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style, yeah. Oh, but next week's gonna be what deal? Uh, it's gonna be the Leisure Suit Larry theme. Awesome. The eight bit version. Hmm. Al Lowe wrote that himself. It's a good theme. Well, yeah, that, that's what I loved about that era of gaming is the the programmers were the writers were the everything. The artists, yeah. And that's what made it great. Like in Leisure Suit Larry Three, uh, Passion Patty and Pursuit of the Pulsating Pectorals. I am amazed I remember that title, by the way. It's alliteration that helps. That's a, that's, that's a mouthful. Well, anyways, there's this maze that Passionate Patty has to go through to uh, to find Larry. And uh, the maze itself was actually constructed in programming to be only one screen. It was only like 3K on the disc. And Al Lowe was talking about how he was able to pull this off. Basically, it was just one screen that was that repaints itself over and over and over again. He wrote this weird algorithm to make this work. It's, it's. I mean, it's, it's Al Lowe. I, I've read and seen every interview of Al Lowe, including that latest one you sent me, Neil. Oh, I actually oh. uh, did an interview with him maybe like three years ago over Skype. It was really great. He's super nice. I know. I know. It's it, it's great. It's like I said. Yeah, I've, I've been sending Ben episodes of Retronauts. And I think he was also interviewed on uh, All Gen Gamers a few months ago. That was a good interview. Yeah, he's always up for an interview. He loves talking about his stuff. 
yeah, Al Lowe is a great guy, but uh, Lori and Corey Cole are some of my are two of my other favorites. And what do they what do they do? Uh, Quest for Glory. Okay, yeah, I I uh, I'm not super familiar with all the Sierra stuff. That okay. was that was originally uh, Hero Quest, right? Yes, Hero's okay. Quest. Because everything was blank quest, but until they found out there was a board game. Right. But uh, is that getting remade? Am I wrong? Uh, no, they're doing something else. They're doing something else that's actually okay. They're doing uh, what was it? Heroes, Hero U, a rogue, something, something, which Hmm. is actually really funny because uh, I do web comics, and I did a web comic based off my love of of Quest for Glory about a physical school that people enroll in to learn to become heroes, Hmm. and then. Lori and Corey Cole are making a new game about a physical school that people go to to learn to be heroes. I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Like, I'll help you with that. I can't Some actually. Resource material. It's it's actually funny that that happened. That's sort of like reverse same from the same pot inspiration kind of right. thing. It's it's weird, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh. Be oh, uh, Scott Lowe and uh, who who's the other guy from Andromeda? Well, I don't know. Um, uh, Scott and uh, t- the two guys from Andromeda. Bob knows who I'm talking about. They, yeah, they're having. They had a Kickstarter that that did go through, right? Yeah, they're they're doing making their own game. It's not Space Quest. It's something else. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be similar though. Oh, but I loved Space Quest. <laughs> I mean, I think Space Quest Four was the pinnacle of the Space Quest series because because it had that it had that self referential humor, like it you know it has Gary Owens doing the narration. Oh yeah. And it, it, what's really funny is when Roger is actually arguing with Gary Owens. <laughs> and, yeah, those are some of the first games that really tried to sell themselves on humor, and I do, I do appreciate that. And and see, the thing is, the thing that was worked great was was uh, you know, Luke Lucas Arts was like, in our game, you can't die. And so Sierra's like, well, we're not gonna do that. And Sierra's like, in our game, you want to die as many times as possible to see the funny death screens. Yeah, I'm glad. Like, I'm glad they eventually made it rewarding to do stupid things. I feel like the meta game of Sierra was find every way to die. If if there were achievements back then, that would be an achievement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh, Neil. You have, have you played many Sierra games or not? Big not Sierra really. Guy? That's that's. I was more of a console guy, so I never really got into that. Uh, I was a PC gamer. The first console I got was in high school. I bought a uh, SNES <laughs> with Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy three and two. That's not bad. For sixty bucks from a guy who was stoned off his ass. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> and I'm told by many people I had the deal of a lifetime. That's a that's a king's ransom of uh, SNES games. <laughs> and yet it only got me less than half for PlayStation. Hmm. Yeah, you sold all three of those games, didn't you? <laughs> You were you were scolded by Ben Heckendorn himself for doing that. <laughs> well, but I've already beat them. <laughs> what, what I loved was the the, the SNES or the Final Fantasy three, actually six cartridge. So one of them or both of them together kind of glitched out a little bit because wow. I started Final Fantasy three six and uh, like the screen glitched for a second and got back to normal and then all of a sudden I was level ninety nine. Yeah, that game had some bad bugs in it where it could affect every save you had on there if, if one thing went wrong. But I was like, oh, well, now I can just cruise through the game. <laughs> See, what you're doing is... Uh, what I do is I, I retcon off my Super Nintendo collection. I just say Final Fantasy 4 and 6. Okay, well, Final Fantasy 6, like I said, it glitched out. 
And I got level 99 from just the first five minutes, and I don't know how it happened, and I just cruised through the whole game. The game just glitched out for a second and then played just fine. Those hmm. are the good kind of glitches, though. And then I and then I, I went through the whole game, beat it, and then one of my friends, Jeremy, who, who's now a Marine, he, uh, he, he wanted to play it, and there was this one character who had, like, what they call these blitzes. Right. Where he had to do these really weird, fast uh, directional and... Uh, button controls to do attacks and he did a blitz he, he did like this really complicated blitz that i i heard him hitting the controls like and then all of a sudden the game bugged out again and <laughs> did he ever Sounds suplex like the train what did he ever suplex the train i think that's what he was trying to do he was... <laughs> it's always a bad idea see i always threw like a phoenix down at it oh man that's a yeah i forgot about that it's dead that actually was how the Ghost House episode of Ren Stippy ended. <laughs> they threw oh, a phoenix down at uh, Doug Bunny's yeah, ghost. <laughs> All right, yeah, the, the ghost turns into a, just a, a fat guy. Yeah. Wait, the ghost. Wait, the, the ghost kills himself and then becomes alive. Is that what happens? Yes. Okay. That's 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 brilliant. He's a naked yeah. black man. <laughs> yeah, and, and he has like a that's... trumpet and a hat. Yeah, and that's a reference to a very politically incorrect joke from the. From the Bob Clampett cartoon. Oh man, I had no idea. Yeah, was it or from the Cole ghost... Black? Huh? Is it a reference to Cole Black? I think no. so. It okay. was. Yeah, the ghost gets. Uh, uh, well, what happens is Porky speeds away in his car, and the exhaust kind of uh, billows over the ghost, and then you see the ghost again, and he's uh, he's got he's black face. Black face. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway. The 40s. Yeah, but I'm gonna get going, guys. I gotta actually work on my own podcast now. But um, thanks a lot for having me. And no let problem. me know when it goes up, and I'll promote it and stuff. And uh, let okay. me know if you want to have me back on. Oh, well, I right. want to have you back on. It's, and by the way, Bob? Yep. <laughs> Donkey Kong Country is the best platformer on the SNES. Oh, uh, you disagree, you're but fired. I, I still respect you. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, okay. I actually I sh- don't think I that. showed him the Marty Sleva video. Oh, Marty's okay. Mar- yeah. Marty's, Marty's younger than me. Uh, I, I, I was Actually, you look younger than him. Mm. I think it's the beard and the glasses that do it. I think I got a good five years on Marty, though. But yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't believe that. I just wanted to hear you do the oh. good day, sir. <laughs> my my respect for you did, did drop internally, but I didn't want to uh, tell no, you. No, no, I was no. I don't believe that. Actually, okay, that's good. But by the I, way, it's Yoshi's I, Island. What? By the way, it's Yoshi's Island. I love Yoshi's Island. Yeah, that's it. Okay. All right, guys, have a good right. uh, weekend and holiday. And yeah, let me. Know, do you know when it'll be up? I actually want to let hopefully, my friends know. Hopefully before Christmas. <laughs> You should drop yeah. in some uh, some Ren and Stimpy uh, Christmas songs in there. Oh yeah! Oh my God, we didn't reference uh, Yaxmas. Uh, oh my God. They have, I believe, they have an entire Christmas album, but it, it is Billy West doing Ren. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Oh well. All right, guys. See you later. All right, see ya. And now for something completely different. Oh, Tom! Someone got, gave Tom the Amazing Spider-Man Blu-ray, but he hasn't seen it yet. Oh. So I spoiled the ending to him, and he got mad. Not me, but at the movie. Well, well, I felt I, like I had to because I because I didn't want him to throw his TV out the window. Well, the end of the of this movie pretty much spoils the next movie because you know that Gwen Stacy is as uh, she's uh, refrigerator bait for sure. Yeah, it's it's like she is so dead in the next movie. <laughs> you are right, sir. It's like why? See, that's what that's what frustrates. 
frustrates me about this character most of all is that why even have her? Because everyone knows what's going to happen. It's like this is a story that's already been done. Because they don't want to tell good stories anymore. They don't want to uh, push the envelope. And this is another example of what, what, what I was complaining about the other day is that people think the characterization is a character arc. They don't care that the actor sucks. Like Andrew Garfield, God, that was some terrible acting. They need to get an actor who can play Spider-Man. Who can well, play Peter character. Parker first. They need, yeah, who can play Peter Parker and be that character. Because I really think a good a good chunk of what makes a good character is the actor, not not what's on the script. Which is what made Iron Man work. Yeah, exactly. Oh boy, there's lots of Red Sonia art on DeviantArt. Oh yeah, I see Red Sonia all the time. You know, you know what's really funny is Red Sonia has three different uh, crossover stories with Spider-Man. <laughs> it's like that's like the weirdest crossover. I well, that's that's almost as weird as the proposed Superman meets the Dirty Pair, which I wish would have happened. Well, actually, the the, the plot alone of how they do it is because, as you know, Red Sonia takes place in the old, old, old past, right? Yeah. Okay, what happens is Red Sonia's sword sword is at a museum. And Mary Jane picks it up and she becomes possessed by Red Sonia. That's how they do it. Oh, wow, I want to see this now. <laughs> Mary Jane dressed as Red Sonia. Well, actually, actually, it, it, it might as well just be Red Sonia. In the yeah, because she basically... It, it's, what happened it, was an artist noticed that and was like, well, now we can do a crossover. That's kind of lazy if you ask me, but... It's... That's kind of like how uh, Firestar was basically... Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, wait a minute. It, it's, it's a lot of laziness, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, all redhead characters in comics look the same. Well, except for uh, uh, Fairchild. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling Kitty Hawk about this now. And I, I, I was so sad that I was late to that free... Uh, that free sketch off that she was doing because I was going to be like, uh, Fairchild. It's always the same elements. Like Mary Jane's just up going to that damn museum. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it's actually quite funny. It's, you can probably find, there's like one done in the eighties, one done in like 2007. And I think there was one in the nineties too. Mary Jane Watson, red Sonya. That's Sonya with a J. Yes. Image search. Now, when she becomes possessed, do the clothes just appear on her, or does she? Yes. Okay. Yes, so, it's, it, it's, so it's not going to be like that. You're not going to have an ending where she becomes unpossessed, and, she, and she'll be like, "Why am I wearing these clothes?" No, no. What, actually, it's more. It's more like they they switch places in time or something or something. Oh. I, I I don't know what they never really explain it. Oh. It's basically if if you're if you're a busty redhead, you can like displace other busty redheads in the Marvel universe or something. They they, they never explain it. it. It's Marvel. It's like Mjolnir. It's like whosoever takes the sword, if she has red hair and a huge bust, shall become Red Sonia. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. You as a as an outsider to comics who is f- just cursorily familiar with all these characters and the fact I told you of how they did these three different events is hilarious because it, it, you're just trying to put it together in your head and it's not making sense 
Did you find some of the covers they did? Yeah, I found a few of them. <laughs> That's such a strange idea for a crossover. Let's let's throw Spider-Man in with Red Sonia. Actually, I think the art from the '80s is better than the art that from the one from 2007. The one from 2007 actually, I think, kind of sucks. It, it, it well, okay, it's it's not great. It makes her a little too skinny. I'm looking at it right now. But the one from the '80s, oh my god. Let's see if I can back up and find it. Now I'm seeing some interior art from the one from the '80s. That that's pretty nice. That's what I mean. I, I haven't found the cover yet. That's what I mean. It's like, oh my god. It's like the one where she's way in the foreground and she's Red Sonia, she devil of the. Yes. Yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah, that's some pretty nice art there. Like I said, the one from the the cur- the the 2007 one is not so good. Yeah. But the 80s one, that, that that's back when the artists were, oh my god. Yeah. The coloring was the old coloring process, but I looked at the line art. The line art shone through. <sighs> isn't, that, isn't that like the funniest premise? That is. I mean, it depends on which writer is writing it, because some of them apply that that only for the emergency until the emergency passes, then Mary Jane comes back and other people are like, well, Mary Jane actually is the real reincarnation of red, red Sonia just is repressed. Most of the time they, they keep on going back and forth. The writers are, and I don't know which answer is better because I, I, I think that this works better as like a gag than yeah. trying to like put thought behind it. I, I think it works better with a, because shut up answer. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know what, what, are you going to order some back books? I don't know. I haven't bought a comic in a long time. You got to admit that. That's funny. You can just imagine the Marvel bull- bullpen in the 80s. Yes. And and they're like, we need a new crossover event, but we don't know who. I mean, we, we've crossed everyone together already before. This is Marvel. We've done we've done Punisher with uh, as a black guy with uh, with uh, with <laughs> Punisher. We put Punisher in the Archie universe. I mean, we've done all the crossover, and someone says, you know, Mary Jane Watson looks a little bit like Red Sonia. Let's run with that. I bet you that's how it happened. Pretty much. Let's let's run with that. <laughs> like I said, there there's many different versions. There's three different versions, and each one tries to play on how and why. I think I like her being the reincarnation, because that, that would just be like, that would just be ace for uh, for Peter Parker. Like, oh my god, my girlfriend's the reincarnation of Red Sonia. I'm gonna wreck that every night. I like the idea more of of it's it's just the sword and and it's a goofy crossover event. Yeah. Because nothing, Marvel doesn't the Marvel universe doesn't need that that interconnected. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and yes, like I said, as soon as she picks the, the sword, her, her clothes automatically turn into that. So, <laughs> see, I would be the one who would have the scene at the end, like, "Why am I dressed like this?" And then Peter Parker would be like, "The answer is, who cares? Let's go home. <laughs> Let's go to the bedroom right now." 